All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Food for Thought Thoughts, If It Were You, Season 2 by Neogentrix. Today we're going to cover a topic that has been long overdue, and a lot of people are in need of it, whether they believe it or not. And that would be dealing with failure. Now, we all have bad days and weeks when nothing seems to go right, you know, even me. And we all have times when we fail to achieve something that we really, really, really wanted to and find it hard to cope. However, some people seem much more able to pick themselves up, dust themselves down, you know, after these experiences more so than others, okay? Now, these people are not intrinsically better in any way. They just simply develop some positive habits and skills that help them overcome failure, turn it into a positive experience, and walk away. In fact, they're using failure as a way to learn and improve themselves for the future, okay? So what we're going to do today is we're going to discuss and explain some of these skills and then show you how you can develop an ability to deal with failure more gracefully. Okay? So, let's get to it. Let's start with the first thing that everyone should probably try to do, and that's understanding failure. As Rudyard Kipling put, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, you can succeed. Now, this is from his favorite poem, If, and it, it you know, it kind of answers its own question as states a fact. You know, it's having said, you know, how do I put this? have suggested that success and failure are two sides of the same coin, it neither really matters, is essentially what he's trying to say. Whatever happens, you have to pick yourself up and move on. This approach was perhaps typical of most of the Victorians during that era, but they felt that it was important to be able to win and lose gracefully. I can kind of agree with that, but my opinion doesn't matter. At, the, at any rate, it was not appropriate to show your emotions whether happy or sad regardless of the outcome. Uh, then again, you know, we've become more, a little wiser about the importance of recognizing and showing your emotions nowadays. However, being able to win or lose gracefully is still an attitude that it might be appropriate to cultivate for some people. Example. You know, failing to win a sports competition, especially a major event that you've been working hard towards for several years, or to get a promotion or pay raise, can feel very, very devastating at the time. But then again, when you look back at it over a couple years later, or at your whole life as a whole, it, it becomes unlikely to feature as one of your defining events, especially if you have gone on to success in the same field later on in the future. So, humanity, looking back over the last 500 years, your failure certainly won't feature in who you've become later on. In other words, it doesn't really matter all that much to anyone else. In a few years, it won't even matter to you. You know, it makes sense that it shouldn't matter now, of course, this is easier said than done, but there are things that you can do that will help you, you know, make it not matter 
nearly as much. And there's different ways to manage failure. So let's get on into that. Alright, so, how do we manage failure? Well, one, recognize and accept your emotions for what they are. Failure hurts, at least in the first instance, and then you need to accept that. Trying to minimize your feeling or distract yourself can be counterproductive in the long term, and actually could hurt you more than the failure did at that moment. Just recognizing your feelings for what they are and allowing yourself time to hurt a little bit is enough to help you get over it. Now, with that being said, don't dwell on it for too long. That too is also counterproductive, especially if you blame yourself for what happened. I've done that a few times and all it's done is got me in trouble. So take a few days for the pain to lessen, depending on how severe it was, and then start to try to move on little at a time. Two, don't make it personal. I don't know how much I could stress this one. One of the main reasons why some people fail uh, or find failure devastating moving forward is that their identity is now tied, I'm sorry, tied up to succeeding. I don't know why I did that. In other words, when they fail, they see themselves as a failure rather than perceiving that they uh, have experienced a setback. Try not to see failure as personal. Instead, it should be something that you experience. It does not change the real you or who you are. You know, coming back to the point of what Kipling was saying, success and failure are not intrinsic parts of you. No part of your identity should be, I am a success or I am a failure. If it is, we need to go on a different podcast about personal development. But anyway, the third point is don't make what anyone else, or rather don't worry what anyone else will think regarding that failure. Sometimes our views about success and failure are tied up in other people's will or what they think about us or how they think about us or the way they're going to judge us. I don't know how many other ways I could say that, but you cannot control what other people think, nor should you even try. Mind you, that's anxiety waiting to happen. Okay. You should never, ever do something simply because it will please the other person. Okay. It's easier to accept both success and failure if you define them in your own terms and do things because you want to achieve them, not because someone's forcing you to do it. Now, there are some instances where that can't be avoided, but I digress. Okay? My point is, don't do it because you think other people will be pleased. Okay? Like I said before, this builds anxiety. And I covered anxiety on another podcast, so if you want to know about that, go ahead and check that out. Uh, on anchor.fm forward slash neogentrix or on one of your favorite platforms. Now, number four, take the right amount of responsibility for that failure. We all have met people who are ready to blame others or events for their lack of success. This happens quite often. Uh, like in sports, the referee was biased, or the teacher doesn't like me, that's why my marks are low, or if only I, it hadn't been ill all summer, I wouldn't have missed several weeks of training. Okay, that one, I can see how that one can go both ways, but that depends on the user, okay? It's important to recognize when other uh, or external factors have affected your success. 
You don't need and should never try to blame yourself for everything, particularly if it's outside your control. It is, however, also important to recognize what you yourself could have done to improve the matters if you could. Okay, for example, could you have trained or worked harder? What was uh, your revision, or rather, was your revision really all that it could have been? Or did you really prepare for that interview in the best possible way? Did you try to complete the job in the most convenient and efficient way possible? These are the questions you should be asking, because not only does it take that failure away, but it puts it in a position where it's now an attempt towards success and how you can improve. Okay? Take responsibility for the factors over which you can control. Don't be tempted to hide it behind someone else. That's the cowardly way out. Last but not least, the fifth thing. Use failure as a way to improve, okay? Don't think of failure as failure. Instead, think of it as a life's way of showing you that you need to improve. That, yeah, there we go. Or how to do so. If you look at it that way, it can help you out. In particular, ask yourself what you could have done differently to achieve your, a better result. Or consider how you could put that into practice to help you improve for the next time. These are all things to keep in mind. There was a case study done on this. I think it was called Rising from the Ashes of Failure. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, in 1999, the English Rugby Union team lost to South America in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Okay? Johnny Wilkinson, the fly half, later commented that he had you know, felt at least partly responsible for the disappointing and early exit from the competition because he had not played very well. He said this had encouraged him work harder in the next few years okay Wilkinson was known for his obsessive approach to practicing his kicking his practice I'm sorry he practiced for hours each day from slightly different places on the field until his accuracy had become almost legendary note that it wasn't until 2003 though that his persistence paid off England finally won the World Cup in the final few minutes sort of extra time added you know what a drop goal by him now would this happen, or would this have happened without the failure that he suffered back in 1999? Well, to be honest, it would be impossible to say that right now, you know, but to him, it certainly put some credit into that direction because of all the hard work he put in there. He didn't let that failure define him. Instead, he used it to move himself forward. Think about failure differently, okay, and your approach to it both in the future and in the present and it will change the outcome of how you proceed forward okay essentially you're winning and losing with grace a lot of people teach try to teach their children to win and lose games with grace to accept the two imposters as the same exact thing we tell them not to crow or gloat or whatever when they've won and we encourage them to accept a defeat when they've lost however as adults, the wins and losses may not necessarily be on the sports field, but perhaps we can all learn a little from the idea of failure. It's only a temporary setback. It's easy to tell kids this, but as adults, we strive to do this 
and it's a lot harder for us than it is for them. In a kid situation, the situation's usually tempered to a certain area, or it's nurtured within a certain cage, so it's easy to fix. But as adults, in living in the real world, it's not a cage. It's an open, vast world where anything is possible, anything can happen. And we have to remember that we can't control everything, nor is everything our fault. All right? Well, that's it for today's topic, guys. It's been fun. Again, this is Food for Thought Thoughts, if it were you. This is your host, Neogentrix, signing out. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. And don't forget to check out my books on Amazon, The Whistling Swordsman and The Elementalist. Enjoy the rest of your day.